girls I join Good morning, Amarin. How are you today? Good morning, Jesse. I am doing well. I'm having a great day. How are you? How are you? Loving every minute. We, as I was telling Amarin before we jumped on here, we're on day I think 75 of snow days here <laughs> in the Ozarks. So it is just like all Legos all the time for me. Mm-hmm. So that's been exciting. <laughs> wow, in the thick of it. Yeah, it really, really is. By the way. As I was also telling Amarin, there's no snow outside. There's a light dusting of some ice pellets. So I guess, I guess truly the Amish are in school today, I assure you. Certainly they are. Those children walked to school this morning. Those children are right now having lunch outside. They're like preparing lunch um, (laughs) near where I grew up. I'm certain of it. You know, like they're, they're unfazed. (laughs) They're like, it's brisk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're taking they're taking a light jog before dodgeball to warm up, you know, like things are fine for them right now. Right. We're over here huddled down like it's the end of the world. Yeah. In defense of the school system, I, too, am absolutely freezing uh, across the country. But nonetheless, every time I go outside, I wish that everything would get canceled, even though I work from home and I don't need it to be. It is cold AF. And I, true, I too, work from home and it's not. Uh, yeah, but you are working from home without a 10 year old who's super bored and wants to go that's true rock it out that's absolutely right. yeah makes life different so that's but i sound complaining he is a dreamboat here we go on our thing i'm just you know trying to work three different jobs and be a mama and uh record this sweet ass podcast it's a lot to do it's a lot but i'm lucky and you're lucky and you're pretty i sure am thank you (laughs) and let's do this all right amarin let's get into it i think that i'm not going to be able to uh i don't think you're gonna know this one now i might be wrong because okay hint hint you're younger and hipper than me so it's possible based on your youngness and hipness (laughs) it is a unfolding as we speak event so well my 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 i know welcome to the current day where we've left the land of the quakers and we are in current day i may be out of my depth as you remember i was quite comfortable with the quakers (laughs) 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 this may not be for me either jesse but we'll see i'm excited to decide this is a kind of an unusual thing to hear at the beginning of the pod so i'm excited to hear what what is going to happen in this episode? Yeah, I take your point that we discovered we were even more soul connected while talking about the 1600s Quakers last week. So Certainly we did. Yes, the, the flame grew, drew, drew brighter. Yes. All right. Well, so because I can't give you hints, we'll see if you happen to know it. But because I can't give you hints, I'm just going to give you uh, an interesting quote, a couple of quotes about about the community that I thought were interesting to kind of rev up your interest. We'll see what you think you're getting into before we get there. All right. So here's the main quote. This quote comes from at Maple Cocaine on TikTok, or I'm sorry, on Twitter. Uh, And this person, uh, this is like the, yeah, this is Twitter. Sorry, not TikTok. But um, each, so (laughs) here's a quote. It goes, each day on Twitter, there is one main character. The goal is to never be it. Oh, yeah. I've seen that tweet. I think I maybe retweeted that at one point. So I am I am feeling pretty hip right now. I am I am uh, hip to this, at least. Well done. You're ahead of the game for me. That is kind of the uh, foreshadowing for this entire uh, story that we're about to unravel. 
So uh, here's another. We're going to meet some main characters today. <laughs> here's another quote. The, even better, try not to be the main villain in a conspiracy theory on Twitter and TikTok that casts you as an insidious cat eating and potentially murderous cult. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know this one, but I'm excited to hear about it. I I certainly Are you- feel like I've heard about a million cults on TikTok at this point, but this one I feel like. I'm not not keen to at all. Well, uh, an insidious cat eating and potentially murderous cult. Are you in? Have I got you already? No, afraid not. I am a cat lover. Um, I often, when we record, my cat is sitting nearby me somewhere, and I just, for her sake, can't be on board off the bat. Guys, Amarin <laughs> really makes me earn her cult memberships. Yeah, sometimes I just am not in immediately with that first shiny pit. <laughs> it was so shiny. It doesn't always it doesn't always lure me in. Yeah, just turned away from it somehow. Where did I lose you? Was it insidious, cat eating or potentially murderous? I thought, you know, potentially murderous, honestly, to be perfectly frank, not losing me off the bat because potentially doesn't mean anything as we've learned to hear. Um, so that I don't really care about. But the other two insidious that's not really a word I ever want ascribed to anything I'm in nearby, you know, for the energies. I'm not trying to be around any insidious uh, behavior yeah. <laughs> for the film. Please, no. I, I pray it not be that case. That's true. I hope no one has ever described me with that word. Yeah. Okay. All right. So today we are talking about the garden. Okay. Otherwise known as the TikTok cult. The garden. So. Okay. This is actually our first suggestion from a listener. I would not have had this this season's lineup had one of our first listeners not jumped in and said, this is a really cool group that you should cover. Maybe you're too obsessed with Quakers to know what's going on currently. They didn't say that, but that's well, that's but they knew they would have been correct in saying it seems they knew that they needed to guide us this way. So for that reason, I would say they did somehow know. Um, Yeah, they felt that. So it's correct. And I'm excited because yeah, I think this may be is this the first cult we've ever talked about that I didn't know? What was ahead of time? Hmm. I, I think you did. No, you didn't know Love is One. That's true. That's true. No, I'd never heard of that one. So I just got very too big for my bridges there. That was not the case. But I am ex- I am pleased. Let me make this promise to you. No corpses filled with glittery eye sockets. Okay. So, so off to a good start. Ahead of the curb. I mean, is there glitter at all, though? Not to my knowledge. What? Actually, I'm sorry. I spoke too soon. This community is actually connected to the rainbow where I have never come back without glitter on me. So I'm going to actually say there probably is some glitter. No corpses, to my knowledge. Okay, I respect it. Yeah. No corpses. Okay. You know, you can do a lot of different things with glitter. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, let's get right into it. All right. So the garden, otherwise known as the TikTok cult. The garden is a commune located in Tennessee. It's like about 12 years old now. Um, it is unremarkable on its face. I will say I have heard of the garden. I have friends that have traveled through the garden. Um, it is, I have never been to the garden, but I have been to the garden in that it is just like every other commune that's in its first decade, figuring its stuff out, filled with some hippies doing hippie stuff on their land. Um, I don't mean that as a denigration to them. I just like, no, I haven't been there, but I've definitely been there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I definitely understand your point. Yeah. Yeah. I had a boyfriend once who like at the, t- this was right when they were kind of starting out and he was deciding that I was his North star 
And he was like, we're going to move to the garden in Tennessee. It's good. It's a new community. It's going to be so great. And I was like, uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. A thread. I love it. I'll just put you on this greyhound. Yeah. And you can, you can join all the gardens you want. Why don't you have a nice time in the garden? Okay. <laughs> and again, that's nothing to the garden. It's just like, I was in college. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of doing a thing. I'm <laughs> I've got a different narrative right now. I'm not really looking for this. Um, yeah, no, it's respectable. I get it. Okay, okay. But fun connection. Right, right. So the garden is neither here nor there. It's, okay. it's a nice little commune that's, um, you know, 10 years in is a good establishment, but it's also in the world of communes who are in their 50s. It's a, it's a newer community who is definitely still learning their, their ways, mm-hmm. um, which will come into play in this story. All right, so the garden is... Uh, it is a 21.5 acre plot of land. It's in Tennessee. It's actually really close to Nashville, which makes me think it's quite close to and probably knows uh, the farm in Tennessee, which is in Summertown, also close to Nashville. Amarin, you are familiar with the farm, whether or not you realize it. Do you recognize it? No, I know. I know that I am. I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is quite known to me. <laughs> yes. Because the farm is world famous for having the world's best and most famous midwives. Um, they have a massive birth program. My own mother actually went to the farm to have me in the 70s. So, And my mother has been to the farm, I want to say, as well a couple of times. Um, I don't want to misspeak or speak for her, but um, not at, not to deliver, but as a um, midwife herself. So um, I definitely, and then of course with many, I know that um, she's had several students that were connected to the farm and then also um, of course, all the books. The most important thing is that we had all of the books in the house growing up. So I'm so familiar. Um, a local hero for me. <laughs> same, same. And I can tell you, we won't branch off into this, but the existence of the farm is why I spent my adult life in communities for sure. So another story for another podcast will certainly cover them. But my assumption- Gives me happy, happy, warm feelings. Go ahead. Oh, I know they're the best. So <laughs> it, that's the- Point being, this is kind of an area, a rural area in Tennessee that is rich with communities. And so the garden is not uh, standing alone out there at all. All right. So back to uh, the garden itself. It was started by a man named Patrick. And I want to say this right. I believe it's Marshawn, M-A-R-T-I-O-N. And guess where Patrick grew up? He grew up in the Rainbow Family of Living Light. Oh, okay. Yes. You might recall them from season one. So guys- Certainly I do. There's actually a method to my madness. When we're talking about communities or uh, cults or groups of people doing weird people-y things, I'm trying my hardest to release them in order. So when I talk about the rainbow, I will later talk about communities spun off from the rainbow. When I talk about Christian identity, that's so later I can talk about Christian identity communities, and I don't have to give you an hour of background on the religion, right? So so here we are. We have talked about the rainbow. If you haven't listened to season one, stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to the rainbow first. This is a kid that actually grew up in the rainbow, hmm. which I think is really awesome. That makes uh, the garden right. a spinoff of the rainbow. Let's do this. Just like the garden, the rainbow gathering and family is considered a cult by some and seen as mostly harmless by others. Um Let's see. Beginning as an offshoot of the Rainbow's family of the Rainbow family's shut mm. up and eat traveling kitchens. I don't know if you remember. We did talk about 
the many kitchens that are at the rainbow and how they are kind of an ongoing traveling pack of the same people. So I believe we did mention shut up and eat as one of their most popular kitchens. Okay. Oldest, most established. So this kid grew up with the shut up and eat traveling kitchen, right? So originally his community, when he started it on permanent land was Mm. called shut up and grow it. Um, Its stated purpose is to encourage people to sustainably produce food and to be an egalitarian, alternative, leaderless community propagating a culture of sharing freedom and cooperation. He says that their very clear goal, he being Patrick, the guy who bought the land and started this, says that their very clear goal uh, was to enable and empower as many people as possible, as fast as possible, to no longer need money. This is... Yeah, I'm following. (laughs) The goal of most communities. It's, it's, you know, if you see a problem with capitalism, make a path that doesn't involve it, you know? yeah, he adds, I had this vision where we'd just get this land, I'd put it out there on the internet and let people know what we were planning on doing and that people would flock to it. Right. The, which is also what 20-year-olds who start communes assume. And they're not wrong. Okay. Following. The garden. Yeah. <laughs> the garden is governed through council meetings that try to achieve consensus. New arrivals at the garden are given a 10-day pass, during which time they can be asked to leave by any community member. After 10 days, visitors who are still there can ask the rest of the group to be allowed to stay longer. So Patrick says of all of this, he says, it wasn't like it was a master plan. It was just a 20-something-year-old kid trying to do something. I was very optimistic. I was like, okay, I'll buy this land and the right people will show up and it'll be a positive change in the world. Pretty simple. Right. I can I can understand that. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. This is the story of how a million communes got started. And it's it's a perfectly good story. Um, it's a good intention. Lovely. Yeah. No, it's lovely. And I have definitely I've said things like this before. I didn't do it, but I've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. And good for this kid for making it happen. Also, I assume if you grew up in the rainbow, you don't have a lot of cash for land. So good for you, buddy, to go out there and make that happen. Yeah. Started from the bottom. Here we are. I love that. But it sounds like maybe we're here is up and down from this point. So we'll see. Uh, I'll just back up a little bit. In the original making of the rainbow, the rainbow family had a vision for a city that they called Mandala, which would be like the. okay. so the rainbow is nomadic by by its very essence, right? The whole point is that you move around through national forests. It is nomadic at the core of its definition. But they had this vision of a permanent city. They called it Mandala. And it was basically like a utopian city where everything's equal and everybody's happy and everything's free. Um, So that was their original Uh version. Um, This guy who grew up in Rainbow came out of it having heard about Mandala forever and decided that he liked the mix of a permanent city, but also hanging on to some of the nomadic roots. And so his vision was to create little mandalas um, across the country so that people could have permanent places to be rainbows, but additionally have um, more freedom to travel back and forth. So I'll say this is not a new idea. Uh, Lots of communities have networks across the country and across the globe. And and those networks of communities, right. income share, member share, people travel freely between them. The cultures and rules are close enough that it's, it's very easy to intermix. So this is not a new idea, but it is a workable idea because it's worked for 50 years for other networks of communities. Um, so... 
So that was his vision to right. take. So here's what I have printed up. Originally intended as 3,000 acres on a single plot of land, he wanted to instead establish a network of lands that exist as one family sharing resources and supporting each other all across the country. His vision was one to 300 acres of shared oh. land in the Ozarks first to begin building upon this vision. And then each community that was added would strengthen the existence of the other through mutual aid. The lands would be held under the rainbow family vision of a healthy, harmonious space, a permanent living example of peace upon the earth. Um, let's see. It will exist as the earth once was and should be free and shared among all creatures, but it will be protected as a peaceful, safe place under those four values and the rainbow culture we hold as a collective. By creating a trust, these spaces will ensure exactly that the land will be stewarded and the culture will be also co-created just as we co-create at rainbow gatherings. So. Really briefly, the Treaty of Mandala, which is the basically the forming ideas for the garden, are as follows. One, it is egalitarian culture and creation. So egalitarian means that everybody lives equally and there is no hierarchy either in lifestyle or in uh, yeah. decision making. Just like the Quakers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, two, it is sustainable and regenerative earth stewardship. So that means they're doing permaculture, sustainability, restoration of the land. Three, it is mm -hmm. a living resistance um, in that any time that you are in a capitalist society and not participating in capitalism, that's actually a pretty active resistance. That's kind of a cog in their wheel. Um, any Anybody who's doing this would feel that they were living resistance working outside of the capitalist system. And that's mm -hmm. not to say they don't go to the grocery store, but you know, I can tell you a community that's producing for itself is gosh, 80% less participative in capitalism than people out on the streets. Yeah. Right. They've got 10 bands yeah. for a hundred people. They buy their Absolutely. groceries. In bulk. They don't need a bunch of extra shit. They don't care what the new shoes are. There's a lot less consumerism going on. Yeah. Anywho, so a living resistance. And it says, we oppose all forms of oppression, tyranny, and greed. We are setting a precedent for a better world and a better us. Mm -hmm. Let's yeah. see. Characteristic four, mutual aid network and traveler rest stops. Our network of communities can also support the nomadic community by creating spaces for people to rest and refill on their travels so they can roam the earth with minimal use of money or simply get from point A to point B safely and healthily. We allow travelers further independence from the capitalist framework. Number five, diversity and inclusion. Come together and let our variety be our strength, for it is division that wink that <laughs> weakens us. I was going to say lengthens, but that's incorrect. All right. So now we come to controversy at the garden. So you can't have a group of people and not have controversy. So. Okay. Yeah. It is good. It's really. I was waiting. I was like, this sounds pretty good, Jesse. I like it. I don't think this sounds insidious at all. I would love to be a part of like a cross cross-world community of support where we could just escape capitalism and love each other and care for their each other's needs. Why not? Well, Emran, I can, I can hook you up with any one of several networks to do that right now, if that's what you would like to do. Um, the garden. That's, yeah. I, oh. think, I think that the garden, no, I'm, I, I have nothing bad to say. I'm going to tell you about the controversy because I don't want it to sound like I'm not saying the bad stuff that's out there. So I'm going to just read you a little bit. It's not surprising that a community with a publicly promoted open door policy, which has seen hundreds of people pass through it over the course of its 12 year history, has as many detractors as it has advocates. Former members who were asked to leave 
um, in the commune, they say they've been run off. <laughs> Tell stories of egos, okay. clicks, and support for conspiracy theories. Okay, I'm going to pause quickly here and just say zero surprise that there are egos and clicks in a commune. A, people right. who join communes feel pretty strongly that they've got mm-hmm. a good handle on how they're smarter than everyone else. I'm not saying they're yes. not, but they re- feel pretty good about themselves. And so yeah. there are going to be okay. some egos in a commune. A hundred percent. It also attracts right. people who are a little bit unmoored from social expectations as far as being polite, uh, not showing your right. ego, uh, keeping your mouth shut when you have a thought in your head. Like these are things that people who gravitate to communities have probably already let go of. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. I'm just saying like. I'm sure there are egos and cliques in the garden. I've never been to any community where there weren't egos and cliques. And I wrote a note here Mm -hmm. in the commune that I lived at the most, which is my personal home. It was, it has, it's kind of notoriously clicky. It's more, more clicky than most communities. And sometimes I was on the outside of those cliques and it was excruciating. It was like living in high school and not being a cheerleader. (laughs) It was like, Oh, it was awful. Um, and that's, and I love this place. This is my, my right. heart and my home. But there have been times that I've been on the outside of the clicks and people were mean as fuck to me. And it was, it's yeah. hard because you have three meals a day with these people. You work with them. You live in a dorm building. With, they're not going anywhere. And they, if right. they don't like you, it's painful. So I just jotted this down. There was one time when all of my friends were gone. Some of my friends with the rainbow gathering for the summer. Some of my friends had gone mm-hmm. hiking on the Appalachian trail for the summer. My mm. boyfriend had just left and moved to one of our network communities on the other side of the country. And I was oh, like man. with a bunch of clicks who didn't like me and the rest of my little click was gone. So it was dinner time. Mm. And at dinner, we've got a long buffet table where people walk on both sides of it to fill up their plates as they go down. So I'm at the buffet table, I'm getting my dinner and a girl, a nice girl across the way from me looks at me and she goes, Oh, you must be so lonely. (laughs) Oh, and I was like, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's correct yeah good well, like, read babe she was just vocalizing like i know that all of your friends are gone and all the people here are clicked up and don't like you like i can see that about you i was like uh-huh. my goodness <laughs> yeah that's a tough room. one oh <laughs> poor jesse i left How shortly sad. after it's fine. Yeah, that I doesn't seem like that really aligned with you. With you, that space wasn't really vibing with you. It's fine. Um, but point being, it happens everywhere. It can be it, when you're living in it. It's very, very hard. And you know, I other times I had been in that situation and I stayed, and it evolved out of me being the outside one. You know, it's a constantly evolving thing. Anywho, it just uh, what I'm saying is that these outsider criticism, well, people who have left that community and said these things, they're not wrong. It's just it's kind of humanity. Yeah. All right. So other people describe a supportive environment that led um, to, oh, to other disruptive or dangerous people being in the community, discovering difficult past criminal records. Mm. Um, This is um, another thing that, again, it's a you live in a commune, you're going to attract people who 
maybe don't love the outside world, but maybe can't make it in the outside world. And sometimes that's because they have a long history of violence or they have a criminal record. Um, And in communities, we do run people's background searches. I would guess they do at the garden too. You'd be stupid not to when you've got little kids running around. You need to. Um, Yeah. So certainly we do. But if somebody is say, you know, has a history with spousal abuse they're not coming in but if they have a bank robbery on their records i don't know maybe maybe you know it depends on who's living in the commune at the time and how they feel about bank robbers right right they might say like yeah we don't like capitalism either come on in that's that's not something we're worried about at our dinner table so we're not going to discriminate against you or they might say like oh, hey, that seems like a violent crime and maybe you're a violent person. It just depends on who's there, which is to say, again, an open door policy at a commune isn't ever completely open door, but it is a very different open door than people out here. Yeah. If you robbed a bank, Target's not going to hire you. Right. No, certainly not. Whether or not that's that's good or bad, given the context. (laughs) Right. But you've got a 50-50 shot at a commune. Now, if you punched your wife in the face... Target probably will hire you and you won't get into a commune, right? So, yep, yep, yep. The it, the pendulum swings at different weights there. Yeah, different things completely. Yeah, we'll we'll leave that up to you guys to suss out what that means about society, but but yes, people with criminal records um, and disturbing pasts can get into communities with their understanding of that. Or they can get in and hide that oh, we don't know if you punched your wife in the face if you didn't get arrested for it, right? We'll see it eventually. I will kick you out then, but then we have to retroactively learn from something you did on our farm, right? If, if we don't, if we don't, if you can hide your past, we don't know till you show us who you are, which you will eventually do. So, and that kind of catches up with the garden, but it catches up. I've, again, I've never lived in a community where somebody didn't eventually show themselves as a nefarious person and we didn't see it coming at first. And then we kick them out. But then somebody can leave with a story that like, oh yeah, the feds busted in and took this guy because he was a child molester. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) We didn't like it either. (laughs) It's a true statement. Right. Yes, I can see what you mean. Mm -hmm. All of that says, uh, said, oh, uh, people also accuse uh, people at the garden of being COVID deniers, which led to people thinking that maybe they were like queuing on people. So I just want to say again, this is another public um, problem with people at the garden. Uh, People in my network of communities some of them were super COVID deny too. I think it's stupid and obnoxious. However, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a crazy QAnon person and also a racist, which people were tying right. together here. Sometimes it just means like you should read more science books. So I they they did right. uh, kind of deny the, the COVID thing, and I do think that's stupid. But I don't I yeah. don't think that these people QAnon people are real excited about how dumb they are, and they tell everybody so. I don't, I think if they yeah. were into that, they'd just say it and they have not. So I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, okay. Yeah. So, right. so that's that, uh, going through my notes here. Those are kind of the, the public statements against this community, right? Okay. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And it said also, here's one last quote it said in the time that I stayed there, I witnessed animal neglect abuse and child neglect they had a dog tied to a tree for like six months with no shelter whatsoever that's fucking horrible uh yeah they fixed that i can only hope that that's one of those things that they learn not to do again i don't know what was going on around that that's not cool so 
I've now told you guys all the bad stuff that I could dig up on the garden. Not terrible. Um, here are some nice things about the garden. The garden is focused on creating alternatives to hierarchies and power structures. This is done through weekly council meetings where there are 100% consensus votes on anything that they do as a community, which kind of keeps away from hierarchies. Um, right. Constantly trying to do better and learning through experience. And they ask that other people come and learn with them. They practice low impact living. They strive to minimize their impact on the earth. They have limited solar power and shared resources. They live simply and look toward nature for examples on how to live with a light footprint. They live communally hmm. and primitively and freely share their knowledge of what they do. They cook over a fire. They use hand tools and Amish technology, process animals themselves, forage for wild edibles and medicinals, and work with the seasons, climate, environment, and elements such as the sun and the rain. Now. Okay. I was curious. I was curious. Now we're coming to the big stuff. Now we're in. Now you understand. That's the garden. Okay. You're like, yeah, okay, so they're a commune. All right, that's the garden. Oh, my God. I have now, uh, I've got some chapter titles for the rest of this, and we're going to go on our roller coaster. Ride. Ooh. I call this chapter title, Enter Tree. Tree is Alive, Tree for short, is a 24-year-old redheaded British man traveling across the U.S. with his partner, Julia. He stayed at the garden for a bit, and he was making TikTok videos at all the communities that he stayed at, just showing like, hey, these are intentional communities. This is this cool thing that I'm checking out. You guys should check out intentional yeah. communities as well. Fun. So he's doing his thing. He's at the garden. It's in Lafayette, Texas, by the way. Um, and he starts doing TikTok videos about the garden to spread their word and encourage other people to visit. Uh, Tree has about 82,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. Which is, okay. you know, enough people to like pay attention to the videos he's putting out. Right. He previously had been traveling around Europe and Africa and had also visited communes in Costa Rica. Ooh. By the way, his YouTube channel is Astro Kids, K-I-D-Z. Uh, and it is that on, on TikTok as well. Okay. Okay. So initially he made a couple of videos uh, at the garden about climate change, about birdhouses, about showering off the grid. And then he did a video, which was a tour of the commune. Okay. So that one got 57,000 responses. The tour to 57. Okay. At, or likes. Wow. Thousand likes. And then almost 3000 comments uh, pretty immediately. So he says it started off really positive. People were interested in this kind of community, but then it got to the next level of viralness and it reached people who were totally unaware of the idea of intentional living. So this is hard for me to imagine and maybe you too, but there's a larger, probably majority of people who actually don't know what a commune is or lost when it comes to this. Yeah. They've just never even heard of it. They don't know it exists. Mm -hmm. Don't know what intentional living means. They've, these are words they've never heard. Yeah. And they don't know that people live together, right? And so obviously to them, it's a cult right out of the gate, right? So the other interesting thing is that- They're suspicious, yeah. This kid is like, he's 24, he's redheaded, he's very flamboyant um, just in his mannerisms. He's got a large following already. And so when he made these videos uh, at the garden, the garden was really excited about it because remember their whole point was to bring in a bunch of people right away and have this whole network of people. So they're like, absolutely, we are getting responsible share it all um right strangely people on tiktok when it went out past his followers who understood what he was doing it reached all these other people who not only thought that the garden was a cult just because people lived together they also thought that he was the charismatic leader of the cult because 
he's oh. making the videos and he's like i'm actually a visitor <laughs> like i don't even live here <laughs> briefly here i don't know what you mean yeah oh my goodness poor guy okay so right getting some flack mm-hmm. so it blew up it just blew up on tiktok this is a cult this guy is the cult leader they're all gonna kill each other or us it just an explosion on tiktok which is why they're called the tiktok cult right all right Chapter, next chapter I call Enter TikTok. Enter TikTok. All right. So, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Not a good thing. The ne- no, it is not. Never. Uh, so, okay. the number of people living on the site has been as high as 100. They say that there were about 50 residents living on the site when when they went viral on TikTok in this way. Mm-hmm. In the TikTok, TikTok videos about the garden, residents show how they boil rainwater to use as hot water, how they live in renovated buses and shacks, how they use the chicken coop and garden for sustenance. Uh, they show that they're uh, voting where everybody gets an equal vote for Patrick, the guy who started it, and the garden. Joining TikTok was a way to show that it's possible to create intentional communities, that you can join intentional communities, you can do good with others, you can provide your own food, water, shelter, and become more independent of the system. That's what they are visualizing themselves doing with these videos. Okay. To a lot of people, the word commune is a synonym for cult. Other TikTok users quickly accused Tree of being the uh, of actively recruiting vulnerable people, mm. um, and then they got really trollish. Ah. Um, and then there got together this whole club of amateur TikTok sleuths who started analyzing the group. Uh, they dug into the backgrounds of people posting clips and those featured in them. So this harkens back to where I said, like, you check people's backgrounds, but yes. you don't necessarily have the same criteria. So they start looking into people's backgrounds going, oh, my gosh, this many people have criminal backgrounds. This person, oh, you know, did- yeah. I was making up the Rob the Bank thing, but like whatever <laughs> they they did a deep dive into everybody's background and we're like, oh my gosh, they're criminals. Oh my gosh, they're dangerous, right? Like, so now it's a dangerous cult because these are online sleuths who didn't look up things like what is a commune right? or right. what is living intentionally. No. Um, there, there was a girl involved in this. Her name is Emily Church. So there was a split in the TikTok community. This is all happening really fast and in real time and over like the last two years. So there's a split in the TikTok community between people who decided this is a cult and we're going to do everything we can to stop them because clearly they had nothing to binge on Netflix that day and they needed some drama. Right. And then there's a group of people going like, hey, I don't know about communes, but I think that's what this is. I think it's not a big deal. So one of the, this is just a commune people. Her name is Emily Church. She compared the entire episode to the satanic panic of the 1980s, which was my first thought as well. Uh, She said, there are some interesting points to be made about communes in general. Like, are they safe places for marginalized people? Mm -hmm. Okay, Emily, you're right. That's a question we should ask of every community anywhere at all times. Are they safe places for marginalized people? You're right. It doesn't tell us whether or not a place is a cult, but it is an important question to ask always. Um, She said, uh, there we're split into two groups, people like me on one side who think it's not a cult, but could be dangerous in some ways. And the quote investigators on the other side who are convinced that it's definitely a cult. Now enter vice. Vice is a YouTube channel show. They did an episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know who vice is. I just realized. Yeah. Yeah. This is worth watching. Yes. Yeah. 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 I 
a show on HBO sometimes as well. Um, but they have a, YouTube they definitely sponsor stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, they have a, you can catch any of their full episodes on YouTube. I highly recommend watching this one because the garden is an interesting place and watching this controversy is crazy town. So enter vice vice comes in, they do a documentary. Um, they visited the commune, um, tree and the garden think it's again going to be a great thing because people are going to come there and see how great they are so right vice actually did a perfectly fine coverage in my opinion but so it was called their piece was titled cult or commune inside the garden so if you guys want to go watch it it's vice okay. cult or commune inside the garden that's on youtube they call it All the right. pen penultimate odyssey into the disease minds of online social justice activists so they really feature this particular person who's named Milo. I'm, this is a person who is transgender, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what pronouns this person wants to go by because I read several mm. articles that, that used one or the oh, other. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to say they. That's all the smart. Way through. But that's okay. me being really nice because, Milo, I think you suck. So I'm only oh. being nice to you per your gender right. preferences. And that's the only niceness you're going to get from me. Respectful, but we also have some issues. Okay, let's let's get into the issues. I'm not a fan of you, Milo. So Milo is, uh, just, this, this is one of a million internet trolls or TikTok trolls, but this is the one that the Vice uh, news segments focused on. And they focused on this person because this person rose to TikTok fame by accusing these people of being a cult, which is a dicky way to gain your fame. Milo. We don't like that at all. Yeah, Milo. No, thank you. Here's a quote from Milo. It's very sus. That's it. That's the whole quote. Because Milo, you did zero research. You never went to this community, but you made post after post after post about how it's a dangerous cult and these people are going to kill someone or each other or the rest of the world. It's not cool. I don't like it. I think you're super trolly. Also, this person made a lot of comments about how uh, the internet has bullied them in the past for being trans. And I think like somehow self-awareness didn't sink in to like, I too am a bully. I too don't know anything about these people and right. am actually causing them like actual personal danger. Um, Milo also accused them of being QAnon members, which again, like they're not QAnon members. Right. You got to accuse them of real stuff. There, there's if you do research, here's the here's the tough thing about the world. If you do research, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. There's if you want to cause drama, there's a lot of drama to dig up, a lot of people to expose. Okay. Yeah. This was this. Don't lie about. It. That's pointless. Yeah. Okay. Just a note for Milo. Um, Milo also says. Uh, I got this huge surge in followers for doing this. And so I kept doing it because that's how you get followers. Like that was part of this person's um, interview. So they felt comfortable, like fully exploiting and, and spreading misinformation about this group of people because it got them followers on social media. So I think that's uncool. Milo also said that they were, I quote, virulent racists, especially since they're from Tennessee. Oh, come on. Sad. See, misinformation. And honestly, pretty rude. Yeah. But here's a final quote from Milo. I'm definitely glad that the garden is no longer open. However, they need accountability for all that they've done. I feel like I've done a lot, which was getting that place closed down, which it basically is. Good job, Milo. That's where people live. People lived there. 
Not very nice. Uh, one of Milo's big things. And not, again, I'm harping on this person because this is the person who was put in front of me. And I did not like this person. Yeah. Um, lots of people did the same thing. So one of their big, this is crazy to me. I call this chapter Enter Rel. Rel is a member of the garden. Um, Rel is kind of a larger than life character. Rel has a pretty large TikTok following of her own. Rel is someone who, all right, so let me, let me read the little things I've got about her. Her name is Rel Gunson. Um, she played a big part in the fueling of the cult talk on the social network. Her view, her posts include a description of how she made the carcass of her dead pet dog into a skirt and a video of a candlelit seance in one of her TikTok. Oh, <laughs> no. so people started calling okay. them a cult and Rel was like, you know what I'm going to do is lean into this and make a bunch of culty videos because it's funny. I understand this. When I moved to the first community that I moved to, it was uh, the week that Heaven's Gate happened. Hollow back to uh-huh. one. Um, yeah. And there was a note on the day board that was like, group suicide, sign up sheet. And then it was like, you know, sign up if you want to be in the cleanup crew. Sign up if you want to tie people to these mastheads. Sign up if you want to put the posts in the ground. So it was, you know, it's right. people call you cults and inside the group, that's a funny thing. Even if you really right. are a cult, that's a funny thing because everybody thinks their group is not the cult, right? So everybody um, thinks it's everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Nose goes into it and made a bunch of like culty videos, right? Which mm-hmm. I get, and she thought that would be funny, and I understand that. Um, she also stoked a lot of fire and and ended up giving her community a lot more trouble than they otherwise would have had because she did that. I still understand why she did it. On the outside, people who were really excited to have something to troll about were like, oh, my gosh, look at these videos. We were right. Right. So (laughs) unfortunately, it was a seize the moment kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I see your point. Yeah. So they were thrilled and they ran with it, even though these were clearly joke videos. And it's stupid to think that you're going to, like, make, you know, court appointed evidence out of them. It was dumb on all sides is what I'm saying. So. Uh, Rel, again, made a video of how she made the carcass of her dead pet dog into a skirt. Uh, in another one, she she made a video where all the residents passed around a wine-filled jug labeled Kool-Aid, mocking the cult accusations, which some people said was insensitive because people in, gyms, in Jonestown really did die that way, and mostly they were murdered, and it's not fucking funny. She said she wasn't referring to the to the Jonestown. I I would assume that's right. Yeah. I think that's some bullshit. I think she knew perfectly well. She said she'd never even heard of Jonestown, which, Rel, you clearly have access to the internet. I don't believe you. Oh, took it too far. I don't believe you. See, now that did lose me because at first I thought I was going to defend it and I was going to be like, listen, I actually have a t-shirt where it's kind of, it's a funny little t-shirt and it has a mention to a cult and it has Kool-Aid on it. It doesn't say Kool-Aid, but it's got Kool-Aid on it because, you know, they're the common phrase of drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, and it, it is in no way any sort of reference of negativity towards anything like that. Um, but the fact that she would go so far as to say they, they had no idea what Jonestown was is too far. And now I don't believe it. <laughs> No, it's super dumb. And again, this is not the garden. This is this one girl. So let me say this about Rel. Um, I hope to visit the garden someday. I probably will. It's not, it's like a seven hour drive from here. Um, and it's linked up with the network of communities I'm already affiliated with. So I, I would love to stop by and, you know, no super shade on you, Rel, but a little bit. 
This she is a certain kind of person who lives in every commune you'll ever come by, who just really loves attention and really loves for you to be like, man, that girl ah. is super quirky. And that's why Rel wears the carcass of right. her dog around her waist, because then you're forced to interact with her. And like, I just often feel like you run into people in community who are going to force you to interact with what's basically their yeah. fetish, whether that's attention on them or there are so many people that are like, you know, uh, oh, there's a shoe on my head and I wear a shoe on my head all the time, but you have to pretend that you don't notice the shoe on my head. And that has to be part of all of our interactions. Aren't I quirky? Aren't I so quirky? I'm not like other people. I'm so quirky. And then you have to be, you know, because you're in community and you have to be like open to everybody. You have to be like, yes, person with the shoe on your head. Obviously, I'm interested in your opinion and everything you have to say. And I don't think you're weird or insane at all. Or they force you to talk to their like, you know, uh, let's say the pelt of their animal right. around their waist. Lots of people wear animal pelts in community because they're like, look how tough right. I am. Have you seen how tough I am? So it's, I don't like being forced to interact with other people's kind of pushy sure. weirdness, but that's not yes. weird in community. So that that's, that's how Rel contrib- contributed to this. I call this next chapter, the dead cat and the scarecrow. Oh, okay. All right. Two things that happened at the garden. Uh, They have a scarecrow in their garden, which uh, is just, I, I'm, I kind of side with the garden on this one. It's just a scarecrow. They have a garden. It's how they get their food. The scarecrow has like a curly black wig on it. And then like some flannels and jeans that they had hanging around. And so people were like, see, they're racist. They've strung up a black person as like uh, an effigy in the middle of their garden because they're racist. They say that never even occurred to them. It's a scarecrow. They just scavenged what they have. Having lived in a million communities, I've watched people make a million silly things like this. I I tend to believe them. But that's one of the things that people point to and say, look, now, you know, they're racist. Here's the other thing I was going to mention earlier. They, people also said that they are racist because they are in Tennessee and they are surrounded by sundown mm-hmm. towns. In case you don't know what a sundown town is, they're not a thing anymore, but they used to be. There would be signs that said, this is a sundown town. And it meant that if the sun goes down and you're in this town and you are a person of color, we will right. kill you. One of the most terrifying, vile things mm-hmm. in our history. Also, nothing you can do about it if you buy land in the southern half of the country. Yeah. I'm just really, that confuses me that like, uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder lived in a yeah. sundown town. Well, Yeah. So there's a sundown town half an hour for me. I can't help that this is where my house is. I don't know what to tell you. So that that was a big part of why they thought that they were racist, which I thought was weird. Uh, so <laughs> that's the scarecrow and the sundown town. Here's the dead cat. The cat incident occurred long before either Tree or Julia was present at the garden, but it was something that happened. Um, it was a story that Tree told on TikTok, Bad Idea Tree, about how commune mem- members killed, cooked, and ate a feral cat because it was attacking their chickens. Um, this alarmed many TikTok investigators who expressed fears that the cult would end in murder. Rel's feelings on this, and this is where I do side with Rel, was if you're going to kill it, you should eat it. <laughs> Which, All right. Actually, I'm with, <laughs> I'm with you. Um, so there was a feral cat. It was attacking their chickens. They shot the cat. And then according to Rel, and again, this is, I agree with you. If you're going to kill it, you might as well eat it. It's actually less of a waste of a life. Again, I don't think that's weird. Uh, At my commune, once they killed uh, 
not a gopher. What's the other word for a gopher? A mole. No. Um. Uh. Groundhog. No. Groundhog. Groundhog. It was a groundhog. Um, because it kept eating, like ravaging the garden. They were like, "All right, groundhog. Sure, you've seen your last saw his- groundhog's day. <laughs> it was done." So they killed it, and guess what? They ate it. And yeah, the people at the garden said that the cat tasted like chicken. The people at my community said that the groundhog tasted like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. I don't know what to tell you. That's not weird to kill an animal that's killing your livestock or your food. People really like cats, I understand, but the dead cat and the scarecrow were some real problems. Here's a quote from a former member. He says, I told them, if you want an internet hate machine, tell them you killed and ate a cat. That seems fair. Yeah, it seems absolutely fair. Uh, That takes me to my next chapter, What the Bleep is a Cult. I won't stay on this long. It's obviously what every single episode we come down to, we do comes down to. Uh, The people who covered this asked a lot of cult experts, do you think this is a cult? No cult expert thought that the garden was a cult or even approached it. Some were uh, dickier than others about it. I will say one person named Edie Santos, who posts as Book of Edith, said that she actually called the Immigration and Customs Enforcement to reforce tree to report, I'm sorry, to report tree. She said, he's abusing our visa system. If you're going to come here, be respectful, contribute to our society, be a respectful person, but don't prey on people. Uh, So yes, so she turned tree into immigration and customs, Hmm. saying that tree was, I guess, abusing tree's visa, to which I say, you don't know what kind of visa this person is on. You don't know what this person is doing. You have no ability to judge whether this is a respectful person or contributing to its society. Also, it's not up to you. No. Um, I thought that calling immigrations on someone because you didn't like their TikTok videos was a dick move. And I think Edie Santos, eat a dick. Yeah, that's really especially bad. We'll say you can't do that. It's um, no, I don't like it. Can't call the cops on people can't call that. This is the same thing. This is basically just calling the cops, you know, like, yeah. So not how it works. So what happened overall was just there was this massive landslide of people on TikTok. And I mean, uh, they were they called the cops on the garden. The cops had to come out lots and lots of times because people on TikTok were calling and making false reports so as to get the cops out there so that they could, quote, like, save whoever is out there in this dangerous cult. Right. So they got a bunch of false reports on them. The cops had to come out there a million times. It's hard for a commune to make a good relationship with the local law enforcement. And we've already talked about Ruby Ridge. We want to have good relations with the local law enforcement. That's really important for any community, especially since they're always going to be considered the weirdo. So sticking the fucking cops on them was really, you want to talk about putting people in danger, that puts people in danger. Um, So they got a lot of false police reports. Of Mm -hmm. course, they had the Division of Family Services called out to check on their kids. Guess what? They never got any criminal charges. They never had their kids taken away. They're just a commune of people hanging out. But They got so much hate. I mean, I was watching, you know, on the Vice episode, they show a lot of videos of people posting on TikTok about how bad they are. And one guy was like, I went there. It's so dangerous. Don't waste your time. I already went there for you. It was really bad. And it's like, I don't. I have lived, again, lived in lots of communities where lots of new people who came to visit snuck out in the middle of the night on their first night. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that people Mm -hmm. living in a more primitive way is sometimes so off-putting to a pretty well-coddled Western person that it it Mm -hmm. shuts off all their senses and they immediately freak out and run away. I think that that is 
I've just watched I it happen so many yeah. times. You know, the next morning we're like, we made you a nice bed. We we put a welcome basket next to your bed. You snuck out in the middle of the night. Like, I don't understand. Yes. We made you breakfast. <laughs> Why would you do this? What's going on? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Gives me like midsummer vibes. Yeah. But like they were actually killing people. So right. not really. Right. But These are just yeah. people. Because like, they did end up murdering people in the end, unfortunately. But if I were comparing the garden to midsummer, I would say that the garden is way less clean, way less pretty, um, and way less murdery. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a mix of things, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh huh. So, so uh, the impression I got from the people who actually visited and then went on and talked shit about them was they didn't say anything bad happened. They were just like, it's terrible. It's really bad. It's terrifying. You guys need to get out of there. And I think what they meant was I had to use an outhouse. Ah, uh, yes. I think that's what they meant. So that is my take on it. Um, so it's it's sad because of how much hate and how much danger the people in this community felt that they were in. Oh, and then the locals, the actual racists, were all the good old boys were like, we should come kill these people. We're going to set your farm on fire. This is scary shit. And it's all because people wanted to like talk some shit about a group that is just a little group of people. So this podcast wasn't really about the garden. It was really about the outside of people looking into a community and what people's perceptions of groups are right. and why they think any group of people that doesn't look like them is a cult and hmm. the repercussions of that. So the end of this story is that the garden is now officially closed. It doesn't mean the people still live there. Right. It is still functioning. Right. But their vision has very much shifted. I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for them. I think that's a growing pain that they are going to, that they, I think that was a lesson they had to learn eventually, that actually a fully open door is going to run into some problems for you. I think that TikTok just really speeded that up and made a dramatic lesson for them. Yeah. Uh, Tree has already moved on. He's doing other things because he is not their cult leader. Um, But they are close to the public now. I think they're licking their wounds. I think that was a lot of unintentional or un- unnecessary pain that those people had to go through. Um, I think it's interesting how society bands up when the word cult is thrown out. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting thing to look at. I think it's worth watching the Vice video and doing some research. You can still visit the garden. Um, you just, it's, you know, you're going to go through a, a process now, which is true of any commune who already learned this. Lesson. Right. Yeah. So all of that to say, um, here's here's the end, the end quote that I wrote down. So Rel posted another video that said, you know, now we're closed. Thanks a lot, asshole. And she said, uh, y'all ruined it for everybody. Uh, for everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's the final word from Rel. Uh, but it's true. It's true, I guess. Um, I, I The garden isn't ruined. I think I think that they just learned some lessons and will go on and have a great membership and probably a long life. But there you are, the TikTok cult. This is this is an up-to-date community. As we said in the beginning, the hippest we have come to this far. So uh cult aesthetic, I didn't describe it very well, but it's it's similar it's dirty hippie. Dirty hippie is the cult aesthetic. And I don't mean like tie-dye. 
I just mean mostly dirty farmer clothes. Yeah, I'm not in on it. It's the exact aesthetic of the communes I've lived on. So yeah, I'm not super down for it myself. It's fine with me. It took me a long time after leaving a long time after leaving community to learn a couple of things. I couldn't figure out what you were supposed to wear with skirts because I always just went topless. And I was like, shirts look so weird with skirts. I don't like it. Um, It took me a long time to figure out that my clothes looked dirty to other people because I wasn't thinking about it. And it took me a long time to learn that um, holes in my clothes also were weird to other people. So that's similar to their aesthetic. So you're no on the aesthetic? No on the aesthetic from me. Yeah, I'm out on the aesthetic, unfortunately. The aesthetic is cozy and home-like to me. So I'm going to give it a, a five. It's I don't seek it out, but it's right. uh, pleasantly familiar. Okay. I love it. Wacky dewiness. Are you, are you in or out? I don't think it's that wacky. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings and things swirling around and I don't really know how much I could nail down the level of wackiness it is. So I'm probably going to land at a five right in the middle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. myself. Me too. Um, guys at the garden, I wish you well. Um, here, let me tell you one funny story before we go. It takes one minute. You got one minute, Amaran? We're right up on my time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's my last story. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Something to hold on to. <laughs> we are, we are. You know what? I'll save it for next time. It's a good one. Aaron, will you join the garden with me? I won't. This one's a no for me. I. It's in the same way that I'm a little iffy on whether it's possible for... I don't know. It's not that wacky. I'm also like, I'm not that sold. So it's a mix of 50-50 for me, I'd have to say. Amarin, will you do the 10-day visitor period with me? Yes, I would do a 10-day visitor period. All right, cool. Garden, we'll check you later. We wish you well. We might try it. TikTokers, <laughs> do a little goog searching. We will we'll investigate more online. <laughs> don't eat cats. Not, not Even if they taste like chicken, it's not a good idea. Okay, stay safe out there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Until next time, happy culting, everybody. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> If you are loving cults I join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at cults I join on the dot com, the Facebook and the Insta. And then hit us there with all your comments, discussions and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting! Cult, I join.